Hey everyone, glad you could join us for another episode of Core 4 Life. We're your hosts, Andrew, Ryan, Matt, and Mike. We bring you another episode every Thursday to discuss four key pillars in our lives. Be fit, be driven, be noble, and be chill. And how our faith is the backbone behind each of these pillars. We'll be talking to some awesome guests as we tackle different topics and stay accountable with each other to live our lives the way God intended. Tune in each week to see if there may be something missing in your life. Let's jump into today's episode after a quick ad for our sponsor. Cool. Well, today uh, we have Corey Bays on the podcast. So he is a business owner and entrepreneur and... Uh, yeah, good buddy of mine. So, welcome to the podcast, Corey. Good to have you on, man. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. In, in honor of Corey, <laughs> he actually drove up from Kentucky, one of our first out-of-state guests that we've had, um, and we are drinking Kentucky Mules here today as well, in honor of him. You're welcome. Very welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being with us, man. Um, why don't you just kick it off? Um, give us a little bit of, of your background here, and um, yeah, just tell us anything about yourself, kind of what's going on with you right now. Well, let's see. Okay, so I'm out of Lexington, Kentucky. Go Cats. Um, you know, when it comes to business, we were talking about business earlier. I yeah. have owned my own business for about three years. Um, it's in the freight industry. It's residential freight. And, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier, it's, you know, essentially you have, you know, an, a need to get, you know, freight from, you know, A location to B location. But usually that's a business to business. And in my situation, it's business to residence. Um so we specialize in partnering with companies to make that happen. Um, let's see, I'm 30 years old. Um, trying to think of some other things that you might want to know. Family? Family, yep. They're all from uh, the Lexington area, you okay. know, about 10 minutes away, midway, if yeah. you guys have ever been there. Uh, got one brother, parents, all that good stuff. Got a new puppy. <laughs> His name's Gus. He's not a dog. He's a T-Rex. Um, <laughs> he's really bad. If anybody's listening to this and they have like an obedience school, we will send him there. <laughs> you will we will pay send good him money there. for that. Yes, a, a lot. Yeah. Who's we? You said we will send him so there. So my roommate, Andrew, okay. uh, he it's actually his puppy. Okay. So, but, you know, I take care of him a lot. Yeah. Andrew, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry <laughs> what type of puppy? What type of dog? He's a German short hair pointer. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah high, high energy, beautiful dogs. Though. Super, and that's that's the issue. Is he knows that he looks good, mm. and he's just so <laughs> disobedient. Like he knows his name, he knows the word no, he knows sit. He doesn't listen. Smart dog. He knows, that, also knows that you yeah. can't really do much to enforce it. On well, him right we're now. about to change that. You know, we're gonna invest in a shock collar at least. But yeah. <laughs> there's a, those are hunting dogs too, right? Yeah. So like the idea from what I hear, I didn't, you know, I don't know everything about dogs, but he is supposed to actually point at the birds. I think he's specifically like a bird dog. Nice. Mm. He's got like beautiful coloring. He's brown. It's got like all these white spots. He's, oh man, he's, <laughs> he's cute. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, walk me through a little bit more of, uh, of this business, kind of you walking into the shipping industry and kind of how you started this uh, kind of last mile shipping is what you're describing it to me as. Yeah. So... You know, I know that, um, you know, all you guys are, you know, Christians. And, and for me, I came, you know, to Christ. I was in my mid-20s. And the reason why I tie that in is uh, when I was, I used to work at AT&T in sales. And eventually got into the union there. 
and got elected vice president. I had no business being in that position at such a young age. Um, and really my job this was, was over all of AT&T. No, no, no. Just in the region. Just the region. Just okay. the region. Sorry. Yeah. I probably should have. Saying, that would wow. be, you were VP of AT&T. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, me and Randall like, Stevenson, the CEO <laughs> yeah. were, you know, we're good friends. Um, so anyways, you know, my job, you know, then was to mediate issues between the company and the workers. And I ended up spending the majority of my time doing that. I owned a house in Midway, as we were talking about earlier, and uh, sort of thought that that's what it was going to be. It was my first big boy job, um, yep. first time like having major responsibility, um, first time being way in over my head from a business standpoint. Yeah, as a young guy, yeah, too. Yeah, like, and had never been in that role or anything close to it, and was sort of looking around at others like, how, you know, how do you what do you do here? You know, a lot how, of that imposter syndrome yeah, going on. hundred percent, hundred percent. And they're looking at you for the answers and you're sort of looking at them for the answers. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyways, uh, you know, I, one of the, I probably have like maybe three, four, five times where it wasn't audible, but it wasn't far off from hearing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I just heard him clearly say like, quit your job. You're going to start a business. And I had no idea, and I don't have any family in the in the freight game at all. No like, experience in that zero. before. Yeah, zero. The biggest vehicle I've ever driven is a Volkswagen Jetta. You know, I mean, there's like <laughs> nothing going on. The best freight vehicle out there, from what I hear. <laughs> I mean, that little thing can. It's a tank. It's a tank. Small. So yeah, it definitely can. Um, I mean, my windows didn't work or anything like that. So, but anyways, um, so I, you know, it took a when you hear something like that. And you finally have like started to come into some promise in your career. That is hard to, you know, follow. You kind of like you sure you sure yeah, guy. Like, wait, is that what did you I said? hear that right? Yeah, you know, are we speaking the same language here? And so and you've been a believer for how long at this point? At then? that point, just a couple years. Like just a couple years. Yeah, okay. one or two years. Probably, I don't even know. One or two years. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, and so, anyways, yeah. So I ended up selling my house. I went on an overseas trip that was previously sort of scheduled uh, for five weeks and uh, stayed in an orphanage and and served and, and did that. And then when I came back, I had no house and no job. And I was like, you so know, you'd like put your two weeks in and like, yeah, before, yeah. prior to out, this trip, you were like, I'm all in God. Like, what yep. do you, whatever you want, I'm yep. going this trip. Right. But and I'm like quit away. it with sort of like, with no I'm prospects. not coming back. There's yeah. no way to make that happen. We're in the ships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, AT&T really looked down upon that decision. So anyways, <laughs> um, so, you know, I go overseas, I come back. And when I had sold my house, I had a little nest egg to work with and, and some flexibility and some financial freedom um, that wasn't, you know, how am I going to eat, essentially. And um, for about a month or two, I honestly just did whatever I wanted. Like the the idea of what I was told and and what I did with it were wildly different in some ways. Um, and so eventually it got to this point of, okay, actually like I have to do something. I have to do something with my life. Like I can't, you know, get up and make a lunchable every day and, <laughs> you know, and eat an Uncrustable for lunch and, you Pop know, tarts. all this, it popped tarts, hot pockets, you know, the <laughs> yeah, whole night. got all that stuff in my house. From the kids. <laughs> I mean, and I eat a lot of it. It's I mean, great. I still eat them, but it can't be the, like, I can't Give get up thinking do. like, Oh, in a couple hours, like, I get lunch. Again. Yeah, you know. Highlight of my day. Uncrustable. <laughs> right. Twelve o'clock. I guess I'll get out of bed and walk downstairs. So anyways, um so my my mother 
she was the GM of a company that uh, delivers uh, wholesale supply goods to manufacturers like Toyota, for example. Um, any camera you've ever seen made is made in Georgetown, Kentucky, which is 15 minutes away from Lexington um, and, and other places. That's, you know, so that was sort of her thing. And, um, and she had randomly mentioned at some point that, and she, she was, it wasn't even offered to me. It wasn't like, oh, I have this in mind for you, which I wish she would have. Um, <laughs> and she had said something like, yeah, we're looking to outsource our delivery side and, um, you know, we need to find somebody. So if you have anybody in mind, let me know. Honestly thinking that I would not be. Yeah. And so I said something like, well, how much are they getting paid? And she told me, and I was like, okay, wait, but you're outsourcing that. So how much are you going to pay the, whichever company does it now? And she told me, I said, oh, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, I'm way interested. <laughs> and, um, and that was honestly the start of it. So eventually after honestly just wearing her down, I was like, you know, I'm going to show up, you know, where I live, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can do a great job. Like, you know, I know Drop how to down. yeah, work hard. Um, you know, she eventually allowed me the opportunity to, to do it, which I'm really grateful for. Cause I still have the contract to today and she's retired. I mean, we're, yeah. you know, that's, she's, you know, doing her thing now. So, um, so that's how it started. And what's really interesting is, is where you sort of see, God going before you, but you, you had no idea, You're you know, it, you, yeah, it's, it's going to be years later that you look back and say, I see exactly why I was there at that point. I see exactly why you had me there at that point. Um, and for me working at Dylan, um, there was somebody there, uh, an older gentleman named Wentz who still is there. He's like 78 years old and he is the hardest worker. I mean, this dude knows how to sell anything i mean he just he literally knows the whole state and uh and matter of fact so my mom has been friends with uh some of her co-workers since we were like four so some of these people it's a little Pretty bit close of, yeah it. family business yeah, yeah environment for sure so anyways um his son worked at estes and i thought that i was going to uh go in to like meet the gm and see if they had any needs you know, that sort of fit in this delivery sector. And, you know, at this time I was doing all the deliveries. And so I walk in, I was told, you know, be there at, you know, 10 a.m. to meet John. And I walk in 10 a.m. Nobody's at the door. You know, it's a big, it's a big, you know, place. Yeah. Huge. And uh, eventually someone walks up and, and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm here for a 10 a.m. meeting. You know, and I'm, I'm young and dumb. I don't know how anything works. <laughs> you know, looking back at now, I'm like, why did this guy even answer the door? You know, and, uh, you know, praise God, though. So anyways, uh, he said, and I didn't know this was John, by the way. He says, well, I don't have any meeting. I was like, well, and I didn't even pick up that. He said, I I don't have a meeting. Yeah. You know? First person. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, you know, whoever John is, we're supposed to have. And, it, and then he said, no, no, I am John and I don't have an appointment at 10. And I was like, oh man, well, you know, I guess there's been some mix up. I'm so sorry. And he said, well, what are you here for? And, and he was really nice by the way, like super yeah. meek, you know, sweet dude. Still like, I mean, honestly, he was like my first real mentor, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's what I was saying of like being at the right place at the right time. But really, I had nothing to even do with it. It was all by God accident. God kind of connecting yeah, those dots for you. 100%. I couldn't yeah. even have done it if I wanted to. And, and matter of fact, had the meeting been planned and scheduled, he'd probably been more of a business mode 
than the mode he was in when he answered the door. It like he all caught him where he wasn't expecting a 100%. business conversation. Yeah. yeah. And so um, he said, well, come on in. So I sit there and I'm stumbling over my words and I'm so nervous and, you know, I just want him to give me a shot and, you know, and I knew that there was opportunity in the final mile sector. Um, so you're going into pitch your business, basically taking a business that really doesn't exist. I'm just telling him it does. Here's my idea. <laughs> yeah. What I think you need. They, they I know you've been in this it, business for a while, but here's what I think you need to know. That Pretty I'm much. Yeah. Bring to the table. Yeah. It's like, I've heard they do this one thing, but I'm an expert, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> um, and so we talk and get to know each other and I could, you know, honestly tell that he was, he's a man of God and just, you know, sometimes you can just tell when you're sitting across from somebody and, you know, and that was that. So, um, but nothing came out of it. Matter of fact, I had even forgotten my business cards. I'm so embarrassed. I ran <laughs> outside in that Jetta that I was telling you about and got in the trunk and I just, pr- I just printed off my first business cards ever. And I was so proud of them and, uh, you know, pulled it out and I ran it back in and gave it to him anyways. So then he says, you know, all right, I'll keep you in mind. Three months later, I was supposed to go overseas on another mission trip, and um, and the compound that we were supposed to stay at got uh, attacked, and so I couldn't oh, go. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and like literally where I was staying. And, um, and during any of this in between time, are you having doubts as far as like having left? You're like, did I did I get my messages mixed with God as far as leaving AT and T and that? Like, were you having doubts at all at that point, or do you feel like still very confident that like this is what He has for me and we're yeah. riding this out. Yeah, I think honestly, if you just want the real truth, I'm so dumb that I'll I will uh, <laughs> make it work out just by accident. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's sort of one of those things where, you know, you're almost too dumb to doubt. And it mm-hmm. was like it was sort of like that. It was like something will work out. Yeah. Um. Like and I didn't. We're gonna roll with it. Yeah. And and really, the truth is too is I had so much self confidence in myself that. And, and I will say this, this is a sad part. If you want, uh, you know, just being vulnerable, I had heard it from God, but I didn't walk it with God until much later. Mm. Okay. So, so you made that initial decision. I made the decision. And then you kind of went on your own path. And then I just, yeah, exactly. And that really came back to bite me in the butt later. What does that, what does that mean? Like what, what exactly are you saying when God told you to do it, but then you went on your own power? Like so, what, what did that mean to you in your yeah, life? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he gave me, you know, he told me, you know, what to do. And I trusted it, right? I went and, you know, went overseas and came back. And then it was sort of like time to, you know, try to figure out what this job is going to be and whatever this company is going to be. But that's where I quit including him in it. You know, it was was just sort of... You took that initial step. I I took the initial step, but then I really quit asking. You know, I, I quit, you know, having him in the conversation and just did it on my own power in lots of ways. No prayer life as far as... Not in that area. Yeah. Not not at all. Um, or very little, I would mm-hmm. say. You know, nothing nothing substantial. So... Um, I feel like you being vulnerable, like, in that, that's... I mean, how often is that the case, like, for us in certain yeah. things, like, as well, too, where it's like... Like you said, looking back, we can see God's blessing and God's direction, and then... In the meantime, I feel like I'm struggling on my own and I'm, maybe I'm not taking stuff to him or I'm not taking my day-to-day stuff to him as well, too. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's very relatable to a lot of Christian guys that are in the same situation work-wise or otherwise, especially on the work front. I feel like a lot of us feel that, that it's like we feel like we're trying to we're out there grinding on our own and not really including God in that mm-hmm. day-to-day for sure. Well, and I always notice uh, when I fall into that pattern, um, it's due to a lack of gratitude. Mm-hmm. If I'm not in a spot of gratitude of knowing 
why I'm in XYZ place or whatever it may be, you know, that's usually where my conversation starts. I mean, I'm not saying every time I talk to the Lord, it's just all, you're the best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it, it's, I notice if I'm not doing that consistently and staying in that spot and, and having the perspective of that, the real, like the real perspective of, yeah. you know, what the Lord's doing in my life and what he's calling me to, or just who he has me in front of that day. Um, I tend to, to wander quickly. So I have to be, I have to be really diligent or else I'm very prone to wander for sure. I noticed that myself. Um, so at that time that was, that was very true of, of what happened. You know, I got this call and I was honestly so excited and, Oh, this is going to be new. And then, you know, you get a couple months down the road and it's like, wait, what, you know, how, how's this going to work? And so, um, fast forward, um, during that time, I think my house burned down. We've talked about that in the past. Um, and, uh, and so I honestly Maybe share that real quick. That's how you, that's how we kind of got connected. You ended yeah. up rooming with my brother then after yeah. that. And that's how we met each other in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, we had all these guys, uh, big bachelor house, like three story. Um, you know, I have a lot of my friends, actually every guy in the house was either a doctor, a pharmacist or engineer. <laughs> so there's a lot of money in that house. And, um, single guys, just a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> A lot of fun, a lot of dangerous fun. And so, um, and like I said, you know, unfortunately, like I said, you know, I'm prone to wander and I, I now know that about myself, but I didn't have the, the emotional or spiritual maturity at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Still just being the, a few years into your yeah, real Christian walk. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, our house burns down in the middle of the night. Uh, honestly, we really were sort of lucky to be alive. Like, uh, ironically, I don't know if I ever told you this. I had taken my smoke detector down because it started beeping that night <laughs> previous to the fire ever starting. And I was like, Oh, I'll get it tomorrow. I'll get it tomorrow. And it was the night before the Alabama, Georgia national championship game. So whatever year that was, I don't know. If, and Tua yeah. came in and threw that the year that ball. Alabama was in the championship was every year. So yeah. <laughs> just the Georgia part is what you. makes yeah, it unique. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Whit Saunders. Right. And where are you on three stories? Where are you at? Third story. You're all the way up. Yeah, there's four of us on the top. The middle floor is empty. You know, it's just like living room, kitchen, Mm -hmm. whatnot. And then the the basement, there's one person. And what happened was whoever built the house, there was a uh, renovation done at some point, and there was an extension cord that had been drywalled over. And we didn't know. We'd only lived in the house not even, I think, six months. It had been more like four, five, six. And uh, in the middle of the night, about 3 a.m., I get a boom, 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 boom. You know, get up, get up. There's a fire. And, uh, I, you know, a lot of these guys were brothers at that point in my life. So mm-hmm. we've done a lot of stuff together, and I just assumed that it was a joke. <laughs> it just, that was the first natural assumption, and I would have been right, hey, but I was wrong. And so I get up, and it was like a movie. Like, we all open up the door. We're putting our pants on, and, and there's no smoke upstairs. I walk downstairs, and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, it, it is a little hazy. And sure enough, walk around the bend, and uh, in the kitchen, there's a flame coming out of the the floor, out of the vent. And, uh, you know, within 10 minutes, it got to the point where we couldn't even, you and I wouldn't be able to see each other. Mm. Yeah, just Like, absolutely not. Yeah, it changed my perspective on smoke inhalation, by the way, quite a bit. I used to always think, oh, the flames would be the worst. No, smoke inhalation is the worst part, for sure, Mm -hmm. for sure. But anyways, where we get connected out of that is um, a, a, another moment of prayer, you know, going back to that. Uh, you know, I'd gotten out of that house, 
and uh, we were all sort of scattered due to us being homeless and uh, we were all living at different places and we had friends take us in and I had uh, my best friend's family take me in and uh, I, you know I was praying you know because I didn't want to go back into that situation because of my walk with Christ and what I was trying to do but honestly failing and um, I remember praying and I don't know if I ever told you this specifically I've told Steve this um, Steve is my younger brother yes and I had met Steve one time due to a friend, uh, Silvana, and um, and I remember praying and seeing Steve's face. And I'd only ever met him once before, and it wasn't, you know, like a long interaction. And I remember I had had his number because we were, you know, at a, a group gathering together. So I had his phone number, and I texted him and said, hey, is there any way that, like, I don't know if you have an extra room or if you'd ever want to pair up later down the road, but this is what happened, and, you know, if you ever want to. Join forces. I know you're a strong man. Join forces. I'm homeless, so if <laughs> yeah. I also, room. I mean, like you know, I can't bring a lot to the table. Literally nothing because it all burnt. Um. So yeah. And so we actually were able to connect about six months down the road, and the rest was history. Yeah. So, so that's kind of two within a few years, kind of two specific. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Instances where you felt really felt God's presence in terms absolutely. of telling you directly, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so to tie that back into to work, I feel like Steve's always seen the worst of me um, in some ways with the uh, <laughs> just the amount of crazy stuff that's happened in my life, you know, over those years. So I started the business maybe just a couple months before uh, moving in with Steve. It was just maybe three or four months. And, uh, and immediately, oh, oh, I forgot to tell you how I got the actual first contract. So, I, you know, I leave John's office. The guy I was supposed to have a, a meeting with didn't but he graciously allowed me to and three months later he called me and said i never forgot about you and uh if you want an opportunity here you go and i was like oh this is it this is it oh my gosh and uh so you know i I start working my butt off and uh you know and trying to figure out the industry because i really didn't know (laughs) i mean i really didn't know i didn't i i hadn't even rented a truck you know i had no knowledge of nothing (laughs) And, um, and slowly but surely, you know, things came into place and, and really I just learned through how not to do things. <laughs> I would do something wrong. I was like, we won't be doing do that, that again. again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you just start to cross off enough things and you fall into the right things. And that, that really was exactly what happened. And, uh, to this day I have that contract as well. And it has allowed me to grow this company into something that I never even imagined. Now I don't even do the deliveries. I just oversee. Yeah. yeah. Is essentially how that works. So how does that work now today? Business has taken off, continue to grow. Now you have, you're working with partners and things like that mm-hmm. to do a lot of these deliveries. How does that work as, as a business owner? What are you doing to make sure that that the operation runs smoothly and, and you can sleep at night and not be worried about all these other things that you aren't able to be directly involved in all the time? Yeah. So, um, I think the easiest way to answer that is if you try to control everything, you will lose everything. Like it really is that simple in this industry. If you try to micromanage 30 people in a day, you will lose your mind. Like you You will. You can't be that involved. You can't be that involved. You sort of, you have to, I mean, there's times to build trust and there's times to um, build the team the right way. There's, there's things legitimately, it's not saying all hands off, go do what you want. Absolutely not. That's not real. And I hope no business owner does that. Um, but that being said, if you're not 
honestly mature enough to teach them the way and then watch them, give them the opportunity to fail and then correct it. And if they can correct themselves with your help, you know, at a certain point, you've got to, you've got to allow the errors to happen because it's just not going to go perfect. That's not the real world. That's not how things work. And to be honest, that's not like the only way they learn. I don't want to say the only way, but one of the best teaching moments is, is that. So, um, so, and for me, how I got to that spot was, you know, I was working 80 hours a week when I first started and this went on for years. Like we're talking mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, I'd give myself Friday night off. I would do some paperwork throughout the day. I was the secretary. I was the warehouse worker. I was the delivery driver. Just which hat did you want me to wear? And that again was also a blessing. Now I wouldn't really wish that on anybody because it was, uh, you know, took away from my relationship. It took away from my friendships. It took away from my walk with Christ. There's a lot of, uh, things that took away from, because I made this an idol. You know, I thought that this was my ticket out of, you know, yeah whatever and um or is where my worth was you know oh it's really cool to call yourself an entrepreneur hey guess what it's really not that cool like if you want me to be (laughs) honest like looking back at it now like there's so many more um let me just put it this way there's way more cool jobs out there and and fulfilling things out there in life than being an entrepreneur um and so anyways you know i learned how to do all these things but that was the best teacher because then i could teach all those things if I had only known well, how to, you, you wouldn't have known it unless you put those hours exactly. in. And no one can teach it because I don't know anybody in the industry that's done all these things. Yeah. Because the industry is not old enough for people to have done that. Yeah. You know, is really the truth. And so, um, you know, some things happened and, um, and it got to the point where I had to, I had to release it. I had to start to trust someone or else I knew I was going to lose it all because I couldn't sustain the race. That level. Yeah. It was beyond my, my capacity. Um, and so I ended up making a phone call to a competitor, gave him the opportunity, taught him how to do things. And it went really well. And then, uh, did it in Louisville. And then word started to get out that, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, people are starting to see it come true in the industry and other businesses want to join. And now, you know, I mean, from this time last year, based on what we did just last week, for example, I mean, we're up like 800%, you know, which is really nuts. Yeah. Has this like quarantine and everybody being at home, has that, I got to imagine shipping, that's been one I positive think, thing for the shipping industry as far as mm-hmm. we're on Amazon all the time. Like we don't even go out to the store hardly. Like mm-hmm. we're, everything's getting shipped to our house now. Yeah. I think there's a comfortability in people mm-hmm. ordering, even like in myself, two, three, four years ago. And I'm, it would benefit me to actually order online and deliver it because I'd probably be paying myself, right? <laughs> but um, I still wouldn't. And nowadays, I, that has changed, mm-hmm. I think, for, for everybody, old, young, uh, more of the market's getting in on it, more of the age brackets are getting in on it. Um, so I definitely think that's that's happened. And also, I just think that with people being more comfortable ordering online, um, and in addition, uh, how do I want to say this? I think the, I think just the market in general is just growing tremendously. It seems like people are spending more and more money and instead of saving it, I just tend to notice that, um, we have a lot of stimulus checks out right now. I think that's, you know, yeah. something that's going on. People are spending like crazy, but, 
Um, nonetheless, all that to be said, I think I think that's part of it. But I think the biggest thing is the demographics um, and the and the age brackets are expanding, and with that, you're getting millions more people each and every single week that are willing to order. That are all willing online. to shop online yeah. where yeah. maybe they hadn't in the past yeah. or the older generations maybe yeah. for sure. And usually they're not going back. So for example, once you order online, not to say that you would never not order online again, but it's more often than not, you're going to reorder online once you've taken that first step. Yeah. You know, so I've noticed that for sure. We talked a lot about being an entrepreneur and just that ownership aspect Talk to me a little bit maybe about kind of the, the reverse as well. We know as, as Christians and as, as men of faith that ultimately all our possessions, our talents, our treasure, all that does belong to God. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that work then with being an entrepreneur and being so involved in the business? Kind of how do you how do you wrestle with that aspect as well, ultimately knowing all this is God's, all my possessions are God's, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. So for me, uh, one of my biggest sin struggles, I'm inherently selfish. That's just. I think we're, I think we're all yeah, there with think, you on that uh, one. <laughs> I'm assuming that we're probably at 100% agreeance on that mm-hmm. uh, for all of us and the human race in general. Um, so that's that's one of my issues uh, that that daily I have to keep in check. Um, and when it comes to being an entrepreneur, and you know you start to a- attain some things that honestly you're even you're surprised in, you know. How do you steward it? And really, um, you know, I think it goes back to when I had nothing. You know, we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. um, previous to, to coming in here. You know, I was not raised with money. You know, I, I worked from a young age, like literally eight years old, had a summer job and got after it. Like, that's the real honest to God truth. Um, and I learned what it was like to have nothing. But I was al- I also learned what it's like to give when you had nothing. Yeah. You know, and... I guess the I, I didn't think this is where we were going to go with this talk, but it seems to be coming present is like just moments of interacting with God, mm. right? And what does that look like? And again, like I said, there's like three or four. I've I've listed about three or four now. Um, this is another one. Is you know I was I was a college student or college age. I don't even think I was in school at that time. And um, and you know I was not raised going to church hardly at all. You know I. Uh, my parents were, you know, figuring out their faith and things like that. And um, about the only time that we would pray is really just for dinner, you know. So mm-hmm. there's not that that uh, ingrained in me. So when I started going to church, I was probably the first time I would go with consistency. Was I was probably 20 years old, 19, 20, somewhere okay. in there. And uh, this story probably happened when I was 21. And I remember, um, you know, the tithe you know, plate going around, plate yeah, the offering by. plate going around. And uh, I, I had never had a gift before because anytime I would go to church previously, I was, I was a kid. I didn't have any money. I had nothing. And, um, and you know, now I'm like 21 and I'm going to church. I'm like, well, I, sh- I should probably do this. And it was all out of obligation, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just would never do it. And, or if I did, it was like nothing, essentially, you know, yeah. here, here's a dollar. I don't know. And, uh, and it was something that, that I'm so grateful to the Lord and like what he's done in me is um, moments where he's humbled me and he spoke to me directly and spoke like very personal to me, like something that he knows is going to hit my heart. And I think for me, an idol that I had 
as a young kid, because I, I just didn't have anything, you know, I was, I had nothing is, um, was money. And I remember the tithing, you know, the offering plate coming across and just this whisper, give everything you got in your wallet, which could have only been like $14, by the way. Like it, it, it <laughs> we're a not college age kid. Yeah. We're like, let's not, huge sums like, here. yeah <laughs> like they weren't making new ministries off the amount of money coming out of my wallet. Hey, that's uh, your, that's your Chipotle Friday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I remember, I mean, even to this day is probably the one thing I, I don't know if I could ever forget. Um, for sure. I mean, still even emotionally affects me because I just remember in that moment just how powerful that was. And I remember how scary it was because I literally didn't have any other money. Wow. Like there was literally, there wasn't 50 cents in the glove compartment. Like that was it. And um, I mean, sure, I could have asked my grandparents for money or I could have, you know, I mean, I wouldn't have really, really gone hungry, but I would have had to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have had to ask. And, um, and so I did it and I was like nervous, you know, or like even scared, I would say. And, um, I, I've forgotten all this, honestly. Um, and so the cool thing was, well, one, I want to, I want to state something before I tell you the other part of the story. Even if what I'm getting ready to tell you hadn't happened, I'm still glad I did it. Yeah. Like I want to really clearly state that because it was a, it was a moment with the Lord where I, I, I heard from him and I was obedient mm-hmm. and I didn't have a whole lot of those in my life. So it was probably it, one of the first times. It was one like of the very first, right. first ones that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and for sure one of the most powerful, even today, yeah. still one of the most powerful because it was, it's sort of like I heard like, well done, like you can trust me, you know? And, um, and so anyways, the next week I got a call from AT&T. Kind of goes into your first and big it goes, job. And then. now you start to see, how that plays out, right? You know, yeah. you, you see uh, moments where the Lord speaks to you and there's obedience. And But I, di- I didn't know that. And I know it sounds weird because I'm telling you the story now, again, looking way back over mm-hmm. stories of six, seven, eight years ago. But in the moment, it was almost like I was saying yes in that moment, but not yes across the board. And he was teaching me obedience along the way. And um, because that's that's where I was at that time. Yeah. And now when you talk about how do you incorporate this in you know your walk with christ into you know what you're doing on a day-to-day uh one i would just state well i'm actually walking with christ you know in those times Mm -hmm. i wasn't you know i was hearing from him occasionally and i was trying to be obedient where i could but it's actually it's he is important to me and so what does that look like well you know my employees you know, uh, who, the people I've made relationships with, how it's not just how I'm treating them. It's how do I know them, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, this man, some of this stuff I haven't even thought about. So it's sort of interesting, but, um, you know, I had, that's why we're here. Can I know. It's like, you get guys a, get a Kentucky mule and then just have a deep <laughs> conversation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, well, it's just funny. I wouldn't have put these things together, you know, and it's just sort of feels like the, I guess maybe the Lord wanted, wanted us to talk about, but, um, you know, I was just thinking about going through these hard times with people, but not just my hard times, also theirs, and like being present for that. And what does it look like to actually point people to, towards the Lord in that? Um, you know, there is times for just being kind and gracious and loving. Actually, all the time, mm-hmm. there's time for that. Um, but uh, I know in a business environment, it is very tough to figure out where the line is on how to bring Jesus into it. 
mm-hmm. with you know, intent. That is, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah, that is a tricky, tricky thing to navigate. And um, and in all honesty, I think people will gauge your sin- sincerity, and that will give you the opening. You know, like if people know that you actually care, mm-hmm. um, they are much more willing to listen. And uh, and if you tell them why why you care is for something other than them. You think if they know that you care about them, yes, and then they also know that you're a believer, a Christian, yeah, then that gives you your opening, yeah, and that you that you've already walked the road with them a Mm -hmm. little bit. You know, it's not new. It's not like oh, all of a sudden I'll start doing it. It's like no, I've been doing it. Yeah, you know, and uh, so you have some uh, street cred, I guess, so to speak. You know, so that's one area. Um, Another area is uh, you know monetarily, right? So that's how the whole story started. It shouldn't be where it ends. You know what I'm saying? Or you know, like that one scene shouldn't be where it ends. Um, so what does it look like? You know, for me, um, you know, of course I tithe to my church, but I also love to to give things to certain ministries that I believe in. Um, and they're wildly different ministries. Like none of them run together. Like one of them is uh, a ministry on campus called Lane. Of, I, I'm live very close to the UK campus, University mm-hmm. of Kentucky, greatest university of all time. Um, <laughs> D- debatable. Yeah, I, I didn't but... want to put that at OH. Just I owe. Yeah. Um, is that the Bobcats or? I didn't know. If, the Buckeyes? No, 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 the Ohio Bobcats, right? Right. Oh, yeah. okay, oh you. <laughs> Anyways, um, one of the ministries that, that is really, really um, doing some phenomenal stuff is Lane of Roses. They won't even know that I'm speaking about them, but I, I watch them from far and I donate to them. And the reason why is um, they, in particular, um, have a ministry that's not only on social media; it is very much on social media. But in addition to that, it uh, they they have gatherings with young women, uh, college age or just outside of college, who are trying to figure out their their own walk. You know, mm-hmm. and what does that look like in a culture that is, well, it's not what it used to be, you know, and especially on college campuses. Um, and how do you, how do you walk that and how do you walk it with community? And, and Lane of Roses provides that and tries to um, intersect and intercede, uh, you know, those young women's lives. And I yeah. think it's, I think it's phenomenal. Um so that's one. Um, I have some friends who I, I can't tell you where they are because uh, it's actually a little bit dangerous for them, but they live overseas and um, and they do some good work is what I'll say um, out there. Difficult. Yeah. In difficult a, country that's not friendly to. Yes. Yes. Christian um, ministries. So, we, you know, we donate to them. Um, and then honestly, a lot of times I think this is the most fun thing is I love to just secretly pay for things. And just never tell anybody. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing. I just don't just tell. A surprise, just come in anonymous. I don't yeah. tell anybody anything. And so that one's really fun because it completely, uh, like, kills yourself in it. You what know? are what are some specific scenarios like, like at a restaurant? Or yeah, a lot like of times it is restaurants. Like More yeah. often than not, that would be truthful. Um, I'm trying to think of just like some. I'll think of some as we're going along, cool. uh, for sure. Restaurants are usually where it's at. Um, recently, I, the Lord's been putting on my heart, like anytime I drive past someone who's homeless at, we, we have a lot of panhandling uh, in our city, mm-hmm. is to just have food on deck. 
you know, so just something ready to just give. something, just something. So, I mean, it could even be just like a box of honey buns. I mean, I'm not, you know, giving a four course meal in the back of my, you know, car, <laughs> but, um, short order cook. In the yeah, house. exactly. Like, hold on. Let me make you this just, you just drive a food truck at all times. <laughs> I, I, it, if we get, if the Lord says, I'll do it. Um, but, uh, not but a bad idea. Yeah. Right. Um, but Just start it's, a new ministry right there. Oh, that <laughs> there would go. that would be banging for sure. That would be that'd be legit. Um, so yeah, you know, just starting to do those things and and what does it look like to to live a life of service, not like occasionally doing it. And that doesn't mean every single person you're having to give out some to, but that could be with your time, your money, um, of course, prayers. You know, my prayer life yeah. has grown exponentially. Like you were talking about that. Um, you know, how does you know, how do you weave this in the business? Um, I love to pray for people, you know, that, and that I will be honest has in the past eight months, eight months, I would say has really exponentially grown. Um, I've just seen the, the importance of it more and more and just matured in that area of, of wanting to do that and, and being obedient in that way. And, and really just getting to talk to the Lord even more, like it's just more opportunity to do that. So why not? Um, so, I think that's really yeah. important too, and, and so often I, I know for myself and and a lot of guys that there's kind of that that sacred and secular divide. You're at work, you're doing work stuff, you're in work mode, you're not praying, you're just trying to gut through and get through the day and send out another email or whatever it is, and you're not praying through that, or you're not praying for opportunities to have those type of interactions where you can build some trust or maybe take that relationship to the next level and you're not necessarily looking for that mm-hmm. as much. So I think that's that's huge for just us as Christian guys that are all not in specific ministry type jobs right now, but to be praying for those opportunities and just just praying in general, like yeah. during the work day. Cause that's not always the first thing on my mind when, when I got a bunch of emails I gotta get through or I got a couple presentations to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's huge. Well and two, I think, you know, whether you're working nine to five or, or whatever, whatever, you know, your, your arena is. Um, I think everyone's a vocational minister, whether they mm-hmm. would say that or not. You know, if you're a Christian and you have a job, you're vocationally a minister. And, um, and that's something that I, I say it with ease. I don't live it well. Like I, I can tell mm-hmm. you a lot of highlights. I can rattle off a lot of great things. I'm learning what it's like to be obedient with consistency mm-hmm. day and in, day out. yeah, day in, day out. And here's my actual mindset. Like I'm not having to, um, I'm not forgetting that this is wh- what I'm here. Like this is what I'm living, mm-hmm. you know, with consistency. And that's something I'm growing in. I'm sh- I just want to be honest with you. I'm, I'm growing yeah. in my maturity and my walk with Christ. And, you know, because, um, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of mentors in that. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, you know what I'm saying? I'm walking the road and learning what not to do, learning the value and the right thing and the wrong thing. And, and so what we're like on your business experience, you're like, you 100%. check off some things. You're like, okay, these aren't working. These, yeah. these aren't bringing me closer to God. These things, these things are, all right, I'm going to start incorporating yeah. those things that I know are. And I can tell you, and again, it's not, I don't remember it simply because of the good thing. I can tell you the amount of times that I've prayed for specific stuff. And I'm talking sometimes like finish the prayer and the phone rings. And it's just like weird how the Lord just shows me it's, and it's not, I think the blessing doesn't come uh, just to give me the blessing. It's, it's to show me the importance of prayer, even without the blessing. Mm -hmm. That's something that I feel like is, has been happening. So, um, 
so yeah, those are some some areas that I try to weave my my business entrepreneur entrepreneurial lifestyle and my walk with Christ. That would probably be the way I do it most. Well, I think you've uh, you've given a lot of good examples of different things to to unpack and and talk about and. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to even think about where to go right now with a with a certain question because you've you've given a lot of good things to uh, to think about. But I think it comes back to a lot of your experiences that you've gone through have come to where where God has told you um, to go for it. How I, I think we all have been there, and even if you're not a Christian and not a man of faith listening to this, you still might get that feeling of something's telling me to do something, Mm -hmm. you know, how have you felt that in certain ways, um, you know, and God, God telling you to do something and feeling like, all right, this is it, God, I'm, I'm going to go all in for it. Like, how have you made that decision and felt like, Hey, this is God telling me to do something. So are you asking, um, what are the times that, that that's happened or how How I know more? Yeah, how, how do, do you, you know? know? It's like, hey. Oh, how do you know? Yeah, how do you do it with certainty? Yeah. Um, how do you divide that from like, hey, I have a feeling and I I want to start a business. Right. Versus, you know, yeah, the yeah. selfish, not... like you talked about the selfish side. Mm-hmm. Like, this is me saying I want to do this versus it's God telling you this is something that he wants for your life. How do you make that distinguishing factor? I, I give two answers on it. I'm going to give a, if you're non-Christian and then if you're a Christian. Um, for me the voice was so clear that I couldn't deny that it was him on some of these things I was talking about, like where I was told, you know, quit your job, you know, start. Mm-hmm. That was like, couldn't have been for me because it was the opposite of what I would have wanted. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't have those thoughts, you know, previous to that. So that was a great indicator that something was up. And I didn't just hear that. And then, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, here's my two weeks notice. Like, <laughs> I, you know, again, don't want to, portray something to not be what it actually was. But I, I bet from the time I, I heard that and, and felt very confident, there was also a peace in it, you know, which was weird. Everything was for a big life decision like that. Big to life have decision. A lot of and peace it was like, no, this is, this is the right thing. So that's the Christian answer. If you wanted me to give you, uh, you know, if you're, if you're someone who's just gifted and, uh, and let's just not even bring the Lord into it. And let's just say, I, I have a, a feeling that this is something I might want to do, right? Um, I will tie it back into scripture again, a little bit. Count the costs, right? You, you wanna you wanna be wise. I mean, I, I don't want to say just follow. Well, it's sort of hard. It's a it is a fine line. I see the reason why you're asking that question now because it is a fine line of how do you how do you do this and do it well. And and what I would say is if you have a dream, if you feel like you have a calling, if you feel like you're gifted in XYZ thing, um, one, I would hope you have people that you trust who are wise. Both are necessary. I have people that I trust who are absolutely dumb. <laughs> okay. You trust them because they care about they you. Care, they care, and I love that you care, you. but you don't know how to use a pallet jack at all, and I can't. You, you, we'd be talking. I don't know if any of us can use a pallet jack over here. So I don't even know what you just said. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's really no one's in shipping in this. uh... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, super easy. But um, anyways, um, so I would hope that you have people who who care about you and who are wise, 
And, um, and then honestly, I guess it just really, there's nuance in it of where are you at in life? Like, are you willing to risk it? You know, are you willing to take some steps and, and go out there a little bit? Some people are adverse to that. Um, I am not. I, I just have always sort of lived that way in most everything. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but what I would say is count the cost and put yourself around people that can actually speak into you and, and, and flesh it out a little bit and see if this is an area that you could do. And also, you know, something to think about too is even as I look back at my story, part of it, um, you know, I probably wasn't that far away had I not got that contract uh, that for my mother's company. If I had gone another six months, we wouldn't be talking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there is very much truth there. Um, so there's value in maybe taking a part-time job in a industry. If, if it's on a business front, if it's something else, you know, relationship, just ask her out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, that'd be my advice. Just ask her out. I don't, yeah. You know, whatever. But is that, is that for our single listeners? Yeah. 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 Oh, only single. Yeah. If, if you're married, do not ask her out. Please don't. Take your wife on a date. Yeah, take her. There we go. Corey, it sounds like you're, I mean, you're the type of guy that's going to take the first step, though. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like you're shy to take the first step. Um, You know, you're going on these cold calls, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, You're putting yourself out there. So I think part of it is you've got some initiative and some confidence. And I don't think that's, you know, in general, overall, that's just sometimes how you get the ball rolling, right? Mm -hmm. And I think as a Christian, you know, we have support to to back some of that, mm-hmm. right? And I think um, that combination sometimes can be really, you know, good because hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna learn as I go, and you seem very humble in that way as well. So I I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I'm gonna go and take a step, and then you evaluate as you go. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of your story is is exactly that you're you're willing to take the initiative you're willing to work there's just a lot of these qualities that you've talked about and hit on through all these you know kind of stories that um i think together you know really is kind of a recipe for you know kind of bootstrapping and starting something and um that's been cool i'm just glad you're glad you're sharing that and the and the mentor thing too i think was what stuck out to me Mm -hmm. from your answer of we've talked about it on other podcasts is surrounding yourself with people that you can trust and you know, they might not be an expert in every area that you're looking at, um, getting into, but if they are, if they are a a man of faith and they can give, give you some guidance in certain areas, that's where you want to go. You want to, you want to lean on that. You want to lean on God. You want to lean on prayer, Mm -hmm. um, and see where it's, see where it's going to go. But, uh, I think the the money issue that you talked about earlier is is a big thing for anybody. We're all in business. We're in for Christians, non Christians alike. Um, we're all trying to make money to make a living to support our families, to support your life, to where you're going. And yeah, there it's important in certain facets. But to take your view on it and to get to a point where you know it's like this is not this is not our money. This is not our possessions. This is God's possessions that he's given us to be a steward with Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing. And, uh, that 
is what can change your perspective. I'm not saying that I'm by any means uh, perfect at that or good at that and understanding that there's so much room to grow there, but at least getting a feeling of, man, what we have is not, not ours. Mm-hmm. That can just give you the freedom to be like, hey, God, what do you have for us next? Because I don't care what it is. I don't care if, you know, if it's this job or it's another job or if you want me to do this or you want me to leave and do that, like, you know that you can have that trust in him that he's going to provide no matter mm-hmm. what. That gives you the freedom to just give with your time, your money, whatever, and be that servant. And that can actually come through in a real way with people. Mm-hmm. And I think I can I can do a ton better with that myself. And uh, I can see it starting to really come through with things that you're doing. Yeah, and, and I'll just be honest. Um, and maybe this could be our hot take thing later, you know, or whatnot. Quick hit. Yeah, quick hit. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I should know that. Um, anyways, uh, I listened for him on the way up. Um, what I was going to say is I, I think the only reason why I can even say that, like I have humility in some of those areas, which I guess is not humble, um, is, is the value of perspective. And the way I gained that was when I went on that trip, I went to, I went to Malawi to be exact. And, uh, it's either the first poorest country or the third. It just depends on harvest season. Mm. that's it there is no other like alternate anything bottom, else bottom three regardless we're we're in the bottom feeders yeah. right and um and when i went um it was really interesting so you know we stayed at orphanage i think i stayed five weeks if i'm not mistaken we lived in tents um sounds more rough than it actually is like you know yeah okay we didn't have toilets we have running water that's not really that hard uh what's hard is um what's hard is when you see kids who uh are orphans in the poorest country in the world and i'll never forget this i uh i we we did they call these village visits and you sort of just walk around um sometimes you're the only white person they've ever seen so you're almost like a freak show to them you know you Mm -hmm. they want to come and see you and and whatnot and um and so, you know, you get to evangelize a little bit. I would, I didn't even know the language well enough to evangelize. So I would just play with the kids, honestly, you know, it's really just the truth of it. And I remember, um, and I don't know if I'll be able to tell a story. Um, I remember walking around the bend and everybody lives in, I mean, literal like mud hut type situation, right? You know, we've all seen mm-hmm. it, got an idea. And, uh, this kid had fallen on a fire, um, you know, in the past week. And, uh, when I walked around the bend, you know, it was obvious, you know, he had major burns, burns. um, they were substantial and, uh, probably life altering on some level. I mean, it, it was serious and, uh, there, there are no hospitals there, you know, nearby to, to take care of that, you know, they can do the smallest of small things. Um, and his dad, um, was putting Colgate toothpaste on his burns because that's all he had. And that was given to him by someone else. It was it was the village's toothpaste, you know. So when we talk about um, walking in humility, that's one story. And the second one is um, is a guy by the name of Lino. He's probably I don't know thirteen when I met him. I'll actually see him about two more months. I'm going to go back to Malawi um, for the first time in like four years. And uh, and he, brilliant kid's brilliant. By the way, this is a little funny part. 
his name's Lino, but in Chichewa, which is the native language in Malawi, uh, L's and R's are, uh, it's pronounced Lino, but spelled Rhino. So his, his name's <laughs> Rhino. <laughs> uh, and I never knew that. So he would sign things. I'm like, who the heck is Rhino? <laughs> his name's Lino. Um, and, uh, I mean, the kid is genuinely way smarter than I'll ever be. I'm, I'm just telling you, that is the truth. He is brilliant. Gifted, yeah. Gifted, speaks multiple languages. The only difference between us is where he was born and where I was born. Because actually, if he was born here, he'd be far more successful than I ever was. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just telling you. It's not fake. I'm, I'm just, that is the real truth. And if I was born where he is, I would not have even made it as far as mm-hmm. he has. The reason why I say that is, um, even telling you those stories, I, I fall back into being selfish. You know, you would think after experiencing some of those things that, oh, no way, right? Oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm giving all my money away. I'm doing, I'm doing the most. Hmm. Not, not far from it. I mean, for real, far, far, far from it. And, uh, but what I will say is the things that humble me is being reminded of those things. It's the gift of perspective. And it's one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. And I would highly recommend anybody who um, has the opportunity or can make, I actually, Matter of fact, I'm going to take that back. Who can make the opportunity? Like, I think we mm-hmm. all we have the um, opportunity have here. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just what you put your priority in. It's just, I, it sounds like a hard, rough truth, but um, but you can do it. Like, if you need babysitters, find them. If you need to save up a little extra long, you know, long, long amount of time, you know, you need to work a couple extra months and then go in January instead of June, do it. Um, and I'm not saying you have to go on a mission trip. I, again, you, you don't have to do that. You know, you can do everything locally that you can do abroad, basically. That's the truth. But um, putting yourself in positions to serve the least of these, so to speak, is what has really, honestly, uh, been my greatest like tool, I guess, against my own self, of killing my own self you know, so to speak, uh, like the selfishness and pride and things like that. So, yeah, I love that serving other people. Um, it's like an instant cure to your own problems, right? Absolutely. So like, Oh, I'm feeling bad for myself. (laughs) Well, you know, go serve someone else. You're not going to feel bad for your own situation. Someone's got it worse. And, um, I find I'm most unhappy when I'm inside my own head, Mm. but Mm -hmm. when I'm outward focused, um, gosh, what a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Awesome. Corey, thanks for being on, man. It's been awesome just to hear instances where God's really reached out, spoke to you, and and altered the course that that you're on. And just to get to share some of that with you has been awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Do you want to maybe share just any uh, any resources you would recommend? I mean, we've talked a lot of different things here. Any books, any other, uh, uh, anything you'd recommend? just for, for listeners? I guess we'll start with the Bible. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Classic. Okay. Okay. I've heard of that one. Yeah, has, anyone, uh, has anyone that we... It's out there. I'm sure you can find it. It might be the first. I was going to say, <laughs> is that the first? Uh, <laughs> the first book. You win, sure. Shout out to the Bible. You yeah. Here we go. <laughs> um, uh, I would say, now this is way off topic of everything we just spoke on, because I did not plan on speaking on basically any of it. Um, one book that has been phenomenal i would highly recommend it to anybody especially if you've been through uh trauma actually trauma of any well not any sort this would be relationship trauma uh or also um familial 
trauma of, of certain sorts um, is Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkerist. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have. Yeah, she's a beast. I guess you're not supposed to call women beasts, but that girl's a beast. <laughs> and highly recommend that. Um, forgiving What You Can't Forget. Yes. Please, wow. please, please buy it, uh, especially if you're working through things or if you just even want to understand somebody's point of view. But definitely if you're trying to heal through things. If, if mm-hmm. someone's ever been um, in any relationship trauma of sorts, um, that would be a phenomenal, phenomenal book uh, to give them and maybe even walk through with them yeah. as a, a, you know, somebody who's a brother of Christ or a sister of Christ, you know, if you're listening. Um, yeah, again. Please, definitely buy it. Uh, second thing I would recommend that I'm reading like seven books. I'm like 20 pages into every single one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than 20 pages into them, but yeah. Uh, you turn, all, a, turn a page in each book at the same time. <laughs> it's about what it is. Uh, right now, so the, the most life-giving thing that, that I'm a part of is a, a book study slash Bible study. and just sort of depends on what month we're, we're on. We just got through Romans, and then we dove into um, – uh, we finished Romans, and now we're doing a Tim Keller book it's called encounters with jesus very much recommend it especially in a men's group even if you have something like that if that's offered to you uh take advantage of it that's a great one to walk through with them um i'm trying to think if there's anything else those are two right now those are two that i'm two top ones along with the bible <laughs> that rounds it out well. Yes. Is that yes. on the top or middle or probably middle? That that forgiving what you can't forget, man. That, 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 that thing's there. a bop. Really spoke to you. <laughs> that thing's a bop for yeah. sure. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks so much for being on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Hey, thanks, Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. See y'all. Glad you could join us for another Core Four Life podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Core4Life, or check out our website, core4life.com. That's core, F-O-U-R, life.com. Tune in next Thursday for another brand new episode. Core4Life. Yep. I said a Core4Life. <laughs> <laughs> Dilly. <laughs>